This is the Cross of Graces in the Church Sermon Podcast. On February 9, 2020, we gathered to worship on the fifth Sunday after Epiphany. Pastor Mark Cable preached on the call to be salt and light as presented in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its flavor or its saltiness be restored. It's no longer good for anything, but it's thrown out and trampled underfoot. And he said, you are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a bushel basket, but sets it on a lampstand so that it can give light to all in the house. In the same way, then let your light shine before others so that they might see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. So I hope you will agree with me, this sermon is as practical as it is holy, as holy as it is practical, because of some of the conversations that I have been having and we have been having around here um, related to some pretty cool ministry opportunities for us that go step in step-by-step with some of what Jesus has to say to us this morning. If you've been around Cross of Grace for a while, you've heard some mention around here about a place called First Trinity Lutheran Church, which is over on 42nd Street and Emerson, closer to downtown Indianapolis. We've done ministry with um, First Trinity over the years in some distant kind of different ways. We collected Mission Sunday offerings Um, back in the day, to help them with a backpack program one summer for kids in their neighborhood. A couple of years ago, we joined together with them to participate in the ELCA's national day of service called God's Work, Our Hands. We knocked on doors in their neighborhood, um, found out from people there if they needed some help with yard work or light maintenance stuff around their homes, and then we went back and did some of that work. We also helped um, clean up a pocket park, which is really nearby to the church About a year ago, we shared a midweek Bible study with a handful of people from First Trinity um, Lutheran Church, and just a month or so ago, one of our bell choirs went over there and rang bells for them and um, with them during worship. Many of you also know that my father, who is supposed to be retired as a pastor, is kind of the permanent supply preacher at First Trinity, too, and he's not here Um, or after he leaves here at first service most Sunday mornings, he heads over there to lead worship and to preach for them. I'm asking our faith formation class next week to go over and worship at First Trinity while um, I'm away in Haiti. The reason we're doing all of these things or have done all of these things over the years, and the reason I think God might be calling us to more of this shared kind of ministry is because First Trinity Lutheran Church, like so many other churches in the world these days, has lost some of its saltiness. I don't think they'd mind me saying that. We've been talking about it with them over the last many months. They are a proud, faithful, grace-filled people, and so is their ministry, rich in a multicultural kind of past. But like so many churches in our country, they lack um, 
consistent pastoral leadership. So they are kind of riding the struggle bus of low attendance and a general kind of decline in ministry and programming and energy, really, that draws people into their midst and um, invites them to stay. Do you know any churches like that out there in the world? They're almost more popular than not these days. All of that, along with the notion that the white German Lutheran way of doing church in the world um, that they're used to doesn't always connect with or feel like church to the people of color in their neck of the woods who are often um, not so familiar with the Lutheran ways of worship that are familiar to us. So that means that First Trinity struggled to attract and to keep people from their little part of the kingdom, from their neighborhood, has struggled to keep them interested and engaged and connected to their ministry. But the people at First Trinity are salt-of-the-earth people whose work in the world has lost some of its taste. So the Synod has invited us at Cross of Grace, and I think it would be fun and meaningful and holy and faithful to see if we can't help First Trinity get some of their flavor back. So here's some of what I've been wondering about, some of what has been brewing through some prayer and some conversation with the folks at First Trinity and with the bishop staff and some around our council and with Pastor Aaron and I too, just to get your wheels spinning about some of this too. What if some of you chose to worship at First Trinity some Sunday at 1045 in the morning instead of or in addition to coming here? You could go to the 830 service here and then drive over to First Trinity and worship. Your presence would be welcome there. And a critical mass of people would make a great difference to how worship feels, as you know, right? You might also find something new or something different about the way they do things there that we could try to do here at Cross of Grace. You may also be reminded about the many things we have to be grateful for here, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. What if, when you hear about the next midweek Bible study that we hope to have um, and to share with them sometime soon, you joined us in that. We learned a lot from them and about them and with each other the last time we shared a Bible study with the folks at First Trinity. What if, at the very least, you added First Trinity and all of this to your prayers, inviting God to stir up something new at Emerson and 42nd Street? and in the hearts and in the lives of the disciples at First Trinity, too, so that new faces might show up and get a real taste of the genuine, gracious gifts of God's love that they have to offer. Please don't misunderstand. This is not all or only meant to look like generosity or benevolence on our part. We have plenty to gain in all of this, too. I think every congregation... Even places like Cross of Grace that are full of blessings, too numerous to count, are at risk of losing their saltiness. And I think that's just exactly the kind of thing Jesus is talking with um, his disciples about in this morning's gospel. Because even in his day and age, even while the Son of Man was milling around in their midst, Jesus was watching and warning them about the waning of their impact in the world, those first disciples. 
So certainly, Christians today of every stripe are invited to be mindful of the same thing, right? Of becoming too complacent. Of flirting with apathy. Of embracing faith practices that are so comfortable sometimes we forget to let the grace of God's love surprise and unsettle and move us in all the new ways that God intends for God's people to be moved. I happen to believe that the minute we stop leaving our own neck of the woods with the good news of God's grace is also the minute we start to lose our own flavor, to lose our own kind of saltiness, to lose the vim and the vigor that got us to where we are in the first place, which is why I'm fairly certain that this potential new relationship with First Trinity might serve us in some surprising ways just the same. Because one thing I know to be true is that we are blessed and we are made better every time we get out of our own walls and out into the world with the good news that we celebrate so well here. Most of us have seen the difference that our ministry in Fondwa, Haiti has meant. Not just for the women's clinic that we've helped establish over the years, not just for the school that we helped to rebuild after the earthquake, not just for the many houses that we have constructed over the years, too, but for those of us who've been able to spend time with our friends there. And even, I think, for anyone from Cross of Grace who gets to tell someone else about what we do there as a congregation. That's the salt of mission and service, adding to the flavor of God's grace in this world. Likewise, Those of us who've been able to worship at the prison in Pendleton, just the handful of times that we've done that, have been blessed and made better because of that experience. I got the impression even last week, some of you who just heard about that were blessed to know about the ministry that took place in those walls. That is the salt of worship, adding to the flavor of God's presence for the least of these in our midst and in the world. And the list goes on. The same is true for ministries like the Agape Alliance that shares food and friendship with prostitutes on the east side. For the Burmese refugee family, we were able to help get settled this past fall through Exodus International. The bags of blessing that some of you deliver to people in need as you drive around town to share them. The prayer shawls and all those quilts that are made and shared with more people than we can keep track of. The blood that some of you donated last week that's going to end up in God knows who, God knows where, out there in the world saving lives. And the food pantry, and the sunrise ministry, and all those families who come here to Cross of Grace for those single, solitary reasons. All of it is the salt of generosity, friendship, comfort, compassion, mercy, faith, hope, and love adding to the flavor of God's kingdom among us for the sake of the world. These are just some of the ministries to which God calls us as disciples and as partners in mission and as salt of the earth. And every bit of this is very much about the rest of what Jesus has to say in this gospel this morning. We are at Cross of Grace and at First Trinity and as God's church in the world meant to be like a city on a hill like a lamp on a stand, shining the light of God's grace and love and good news for the whole world to see. 
We are blessed only to be a blessing, remember. We are given the light not just to see for ourselves, but we are given the light so that we might light the way for others just the same. Please hear that none of this that I've talked about, this potential relationship I mean with First Trinity is cast in stone or written in blood or signed on any dotted lines. We haven't committed to anything where this is concerned yet. I have no idea where, if anywhere, all of this might lead. It really is just the beginning of some prayerful conversation and dreaming. But I've heard of churches like First Trinity being reinvigorated by relationships like this and transforming their facilities into homeless shelters or food banks or faith-based community centers. I've heard about synod offices choosing to make facilities, old churches, like First Trinity, their home base, instead of paying crazy amounts of rent in cold, boring, stale, plain, professional office buildings. It's kind of what our synod office looks like. The very least, I can imagine a mutual shared ministry where Cross of Grace and First Trinity each have the chance to plant a flag for the kind of grace we share in someone else's neighborhood. A chance to call another place home, maybe, in a surprising kind of way. Both of us, each of us, adding to our circle of partners in mission, growing, each of us, our circle of influence, expanding God's circle of grace in the world, most importantly. How cool would that be? However we choose to engage this invitation, if we choose to engage this invitation, I believe it stands to add something savory to our already full plate of grace and good news and mission and ministry at Cross of Grace. And I believe it could be yet another way to honor the call and to honor the command and to receive the promise of our baptism to let our light shine before others so that they might see our good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. Amen.